This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri Land, and this is The Full Story. There are almost three million extra bottles of wine now on the rack. How much wine is too much wine? Around 859 50-metre pools of plonk. Australia currently has an oversupply of wine, as its biggest customer, China, slashes exports. The glory days of billion-dollar export sales truly gone. Now, farmers and winemakers are being forced to make tough decisions about their livelihoods, including whether to leave their grapes to rot because they're too expensive to pick. So what is behind Australia's wine glut and how will this affect prices? It's Tuesday, the 22nd of August. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So, Gabby, I hear Australia currently has too much wine. How much extra wine do we have exactly? So my colleague, Aston Brown, wrote about this Rabobank report, which found we have so much extra wine. Gabrielle Chan is the rural and regional editor for Guardian Australia. We have two billion litres of oversupply of wine, which equates to about 2.8 billion bottles or 116 bottles per person. Wow. And where is all of this wine? I'm asking for a friend, of course. (laughs) Well, if you think of the big wine-growing regions, South Australia is the first one that comes to mind. I know a lot of grape growers there have been talking about the oversupply, but also other wine-growing areas around the region. But think big growers rather than small boutique higher-end winemakers. So, Gabby, how will this oversupply of wine affect grape growers? Well, it's basic demand and supply, right? So because we have too much wine, grape prices are set to fall. And that means grape growers' vines are less valuable in the sense that the fruit on them can't be picked below a certain cost. And that means some grape growers uh, are losing money. And I've spoken to grape growers and essentially they're looking at short-term and medium-term decisions about what they do with their grapes in the meantime. So in the short term, you could let it rot on the ground, like Bruno Alton's talking about not picking his red grapes. He's a third-generation grape grower because it simply costs too much to pick it and cart it. So he's concentrating on his white grapes. And that's a massive thing for a, a grower of grapes or any sort of produce because you spend all year really trying to grow this product and then you've got to leave it on the ground. In the medium term, you could try growing different kinds of grapes or 
pivot to a completely different product or commodity. But that's a bit like turning around the Titanic. You know, you have to plant new vines or trees or get new animals or learn whole new cropping techniques. But either way, this is going to be really hard for farmers. My colleague, Fleur Connick, earlier this year wrote about the mental health impact this is having, particularly on farmers in the Riverina wine growing region, and they are struggling, particularly because of this very issue. Okay, so where does all this excess wine that we've got normally go? In the last decade or two, China has become a really big market for Australian wine, and they particularly like red wine. Uh, So in the 90s and sort of early noughties, China started really getting into Australian wine, particularly those big red varieties like Shiraz, and the market exploded. And bear in mind that China didn't have a big history in drinking Western-style wines, but once the Chinese people started to take up the product, people started to gift it and the consumption grew dramatically. So a lot of Australians have entered the winemaking business or the grape growing business specifically, and some of them are keen to just make a quick buck. But why is there so much excess wine at the moment? This all goes back to when we were all in lockdown during COVID. China came out with tariffs soon after Scott Morrison's government started pushing for an investigation into the origins of COVID. It would seem entirely reasonable and sensible that the world would want to have an independent assessment of how this all occurred so we can learn the lessons and prevent it from happening again. It happened at the same time. China didn't say that it was a result of Morrison's uh, political statements on the investigation, but First, they hit barley tariffs, so they put a big tariff on barley, which was Australia was a big supplier of barley for Chinese beer, if you've ever had a Tsingtao, and then they hit the winemakers. China has fired a new and damaging shot in its trade war with Australia. It slapped massive tariffs on our wine exports worth more than $1.2 billion a year. And accused Australian winemakers of dumping cheap product, which was a little bit spurious because China was getting a lot of high-end wines from Australia. So It really rolled from there. And once that market shut down, there was a massive drop in exports, wine exports. And so what do they do with it? They try and sell it on the domestic market or they put it in the shed and hope the tariff lifts anytime soon. And that was a five-year tariff that they placed on it. Recently, the Chinese government announced it was going to lift the barley tariff and so now winemakers are more optimistic uh, that perhaps they might lift the wine tariff slightly early, but no one's holding their breath because of this massive oversupply. It's also convenient for China to keep this tariff because the government is really trying to increase its own domestic supply of wine and not rely so much on Australia and other wine-producing countries. So much so that there are wine-growing regions in China right now, some of which line up with the same latitude as places like France, where they're actually building French-style chateaus to mimic 
the experience of wine growing regions around the world. So the tariffs that China's imposed have really hit Australia's grape growers um, and China itself is trying to grow its own domestic market of wine. Have we relied too much on China? Is that the lesson here? Australia always goes through these phases of uh, asking the question, have we relied too much on China? I don't think we have because it was a, a very big market, but some people say that those winemakers and growers who got in quickly to make a buck just won't survive. Regular, long-term grape growers and winemakers will be able to largely withstand these cycles and changes in the industry, but they've got their eye on the long game. No one has as big a market as China While other countries do have their own wine industries, notably places like Europe, South America and the US. So largely we have to diversify, but China will always be a big market that pays premium prices for our wine. So wine growers will never completely ignore it. But remembering the analysis from the Rabobank report, even if the China tariff fell tomorrow, it would still take two years for us to work our way through the oversupply of wine currently. So that will leave growers making really tough decisions over the next couple of years. And they will have to decide whether to stay in this new challenging environment or leave and do something else. And sometimes they won't have a choice. Next, how will this glut affect prices and the future of Australian wines? Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So what are the other factors that are affecting grape growers right now? Well, the other factors are reduced demand for big Australian reds and the fragmentation towards lots of European-style lighter reds uh, that Australians are starting to drink now. Also, wine consumption generally has been down since the pandemic and that's hit grape growers hard as well. And don't forget, over the last three years, as we've witnessed with floods, particularly in the eastern states, that extended La Nina system has brought more favourable growing conditions in some parts, essentially more rain and more water to grow more grapes. And so that's also contributed to the big supply of grapes that we've had at the moment. Mm. And so what could happen next? You mentioned that that no one's really holding their breath for the trade war to be over on wine tariffs. I would say even though people are not very hopeful of China removing the tariff, if the demand for wine in China starts increasing, 
I suspect they will lift that tariff in order to get more wine in the door to substitute as people start spending again. We just don't know where China's economy is going to go, though, so I suspect it will really about be about the, the consumer and particularly the middle-class consumer in China and how much wine they want to go back into drinking because the consumption did drop over COVID. Mm. And that's a worldwide trend as well. That's not just in China, right? Yeah, yeah. Generally, wine consumption dropped and it was consumed differently, so obviously not in restaurants, so that changed consumption patterns which had an effect on the market, as it always does. The other reason it's tough on grape growers is because they have to compete for water and Australia has a water market, which means that the lower the price of your product on the supermarket shelves, the less profit you get to buy the water, which is just one of a lot of inputs that go into growing grapes. So if you're growing a product like almonds, which gives you a very high return, relatively speaking, in the commodity markets, at the basket of goods that Australia grows, then you are going to have a lot more money to pay for water than a grape grower who gets a far lesser return for growing grapes. So that becomes like a Hunger Games for farmers. It's the one with the deepest pockets wins. It's the one with the highest returns, the highest profits that can pay the most for water. And winemakers are really going to lose out in that Hunger Games over the next couple of years. And so what does this wine glut mean for prices then? Do you think Australian wine is likely to become a whole lot cheaper soon? Yeah, I was I was in Europe a couple of years ago and I was flabbergasted at the prices of European wine in the supermarket where you can get a bottle of rosé for $3. And I wondered whether this whole issue of oversupply would cause that problem. Mm. But the analysts tell me that the increase in prices that we've all seen in the supermarkets, and that's as a result of COVID supply chain issues, the lag from uh, those terrible years of lockdown, is basically putting the prices up. Inflation is putting the prices up, as we all know. Every time we go to a supermarket, the prices are a little bit higher than what you're getting. Um, So I think what it means for wine is a net zero change. So it's not going down because of these rock bottom grape prices, uh, but it will it will stay level to absorb those inflationary impacts and stay at the same price. So what are what are grape growers considering doing now? I think everyone will have to make their own decisions based on where they're up to in their business cycles, what region they're in. So that will mean some people will get out of grapes altogether. We saw that in the noughties after the millennium drought and some people will maybe just pick their white grapes and not their red grapes and put their investment into those things. Uh, Some people will just grow something completely different if they can get away with it. But these are not easy short-term decisions because when you 
got a vine that might have been growing for 50, 100 years, um, it's not something you throw away easily. Anyone that's grown a tree will know how long it takes um, to establish that and just ripping it out of the ground is not easy. Having said that, you know, we saw that in again in the noughties with people just bulldozing out orange trees. People do it, farmers do it, definitely, but it's a big decision. Well, so is there anything that could help grape growers right now, Gabby? What do you think? I'm not going to tell you to drink lots of wine, but if you are buying wine, maybe just think of buying Australian. That was Gabrielle Chan. She's the rural and regional editor for Guardian Australia. To find out more about the wine glut and how it's affecting farmers, you can read an article by our colleague Aston Brown. It's called Australia's Oversupply of Wine Tops 2.8 Billion Bottles in Wake of China Trade Dispute. We'll post a link to that article on the Full Story website. This episode was produced, sound designed and mixed by Daniel Simo. Our theme music was by Joe Koning. The executive producer of Full Story is Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.